So hi everyone, this is the Optimize Interview uh, IMT Knowledge video for uh, gastroenterology and we're going to be talking about alcohol withdrawal. Uh, I'm Michael, I'm one of the gastroenterology registrars in South London and I'll introduce you to Justin. Hi there, I'm Justin, I'm on the IMT ones and I'm based in Liverpool. So obviously um, alcohol withdrawal is obviously a very common uh, presenter complaint that we see on the acute take and, and on the wards um, uh, throughout the country um, and it's, it's good it's good to know a lot about it but, and how to do it well um, and so uh, I will for that I'll hand over to Justin. Yeah so definitely so um, alcohol withdrawal very common problem uh, in the UK uh, especially um, you know lots of complications from it and some some of which can be you know very serious and severe if not managed properly uh, and it is a very i mean from an SHO point of view uh, you know very commonly encountered problem that you'd expect to to be able to manage at least in in, in the initial stages uh, on an acute medical take but also equally common uh, uh, interview scenario as well you know it has come up before in, in the past so uh, definitely worth um, familiarizing yourself uh, with alcohol withdrawal so uh, just moving on to how you would begin to assess it so uh, important to mention probably at this point uh, is before you you know you dive straight in and, and try take a take a focus history uh, in an interview scenario what you'd want to demonstrate to, to the interview is that you know you're safe and, and you know you're thinking sort of broadly and, and laterally instead of just being sort of tunnel vision uh, focused on just taking a history from the patient. So you want to know whether or not they're currently stable, you know, what their current uh, GCS is, what their vital signs are like, um, whether they've got known, you know, background of, of alcohol excess, whether they're known to the alcohol withdrawal service. I think important things to, to maybe know about before, before even approaching the patient. Um, I think with the assessment of alcohol withdrawal, I think, you know, the chronology is very important. So probably the most important thing would be, you know, how much they drink and when was the last time they had a drink? Uh, because, you know, that, that can tell you sort of based on what symptoms they have, you know, how severe it can be. So uh, I'm going to break it chronologically. So within six to 12 hours of, you know, someone having had their last drink, the symptoms that you can ask for in the history include things like tremor, um, any nausea, any vomiting, um, any headaches, palpitations, anxiety, agitation, you know, sweating. These are sort of initial withdrawal symptoms. Uh, beyond that, from 12 to 24 hours, if not treated you know, properly, they can then develop uh, symptoms like hallucinations um, or any sort of psychiatric disturbance. And then moving on from 24 to 48 hours, if still not managed, you know, you're thinking about things like seizures. So as I mentioned, important to quantify how much alcohol they drink, how long they've been drinking that quantity for, and when was the last time they had that drink? Because that just allows you to sort of, you know, see where you're at in terms of the symptoms you're seeing. Um, you'd want to get a medical history. So as I mentioned, you know, whether or not they're known to alcohol withdrawal services, whether they've got known sort of liver disease or, or any problems, you know, from the alcohol. Uh, but also, you know, maybe any psychiatric, you know, illnesses as well, uh, which which might be predisposing and, and, and relevant in, the, in this particular scenario. Uh, medication history uh, is important. So any over-the-counter sort of medications and be worth mentioning as well, whether, you know, asking about whether they've taken any other 
sort of recreational or, or illicit drugs or whether they've had any other sort of substances together with, with the alcohol withdrawal. Uh, and, you know, things to screen for as well, you know, uh, what are the so social supports, any so what the so social circumstances are like. Uh, and also, you know, potentially suicidal ideation as well, if if that's you know relevant in this in in the particular scenario, just a quick screen for that, uh, and a quick screen for alcohol dependence. Um, you know, anything there, Mike, in the history that you think important to that I've missed? I, th I think you've covered uh, most of very very well, actually. Um, the you know, there's a lot of stigma that comes with alcoholism. Um, and alcohol dependence it is a medical disease in the same way that any addiction is and um, and uh and i think you know having a it's often very interesting when you speak to these people because there's there will always nearly always be a traumatic event that led to it they don't you don't it's rare that you get into real kind of real alcohol dependence without uh something causing it rather than just because you like to have a drink um so it's you know the kind of the social aspect of that is is often very interesting but you know it's very important because if they're uh drinking alcohol because they're being abused for example or you know or they've or there's been major trauma that they've not been able to then that's then you need to address that and try and help to address that before, as well as obviously treating with the here and now so i think that's the important thing to say um and then the other thing is just i think you'll talk about it when we come to examination but just ask about symptoms suggestive of liver disease so abdominal swelling <clears throat> jaundice bleeding uh confusion um all these things are important because it, it just it can tell you in the history if they're if they are a cirrhotic patient because of alcohol which makes a big difference to management um but i'll let you go on to examination then i think yep brilliant. so uh obviously as with any sort of clinical scenario you want to structure it into a to e assessment but for the purposes of the knowledge video i think we'll just break it down into into individual points this might be easy a bit more clearer that way um so from an examination point of view so very important mike you mentioned sort of signs of uh, manifest a, 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 sort of alcoholic liver disease or any complications that they might they might have from chronic alcohol use so signs of alcoholic liver disease you can you know any peripheral or central signs um, you'd want to assess their neurological status uh, and what the cognition is is like because you know uh, one thing you don't you know you don't want is if someone is uh, you know like is laying down flat and, and has a vomit you know that that could potentially be you know very very uh devastating uh, it makes them very unwell with aspiration so making sure that you know what their cognition is like what the neurological status is like you know what are they you know any signs of encephalopathy um for if they do have liver disease um and i think the other thing to mention about assessment as well is is looking you know really looking for the those signs of of complications uh, from the alcohol withdrawal so Things like delirium tremens or, or Wernicke's encephalopathy. So, so from there, it'd be important to to you know get a good grasp on what their cognition is like. Um, do they have any confusion, any agitation, any hallucinations, delusions, things like that? But also, you get a lot of sympathetic effects as well uh, from the alcohol draws. So tachycardia, sweating. You know, they might be very hypertensive, short of breath. Um, and they might have sort of di uh, dilated pupils as well, so mitriasis. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think broadly speaking, that you know these are the kind of things I'd be I'd be looking for. Yeah, I would agree. I wouldn't I wouldn't know anything else to that. The key thing, as you say, the two things you're looking for are signs of chronic liver disease. So have they got cirrhosis? 
um and um the complications of the alcohol withdrawal at the moment as you say so you know you've kind of covered those nicely so that's the those are the kind of two things that I would, I would be looking for consciously when I'm examining these people as well as obviously any other pathologies there but but for the purpose of particularly for a scenario that's what you're looking at and then how would you go about investigating these patients um yep so uh obviously start off with some uh bloods so you'd want to get IV access on them just because in case you know they do seize it, it is important because you know, obviously much difficult to, to get IV access once they are seizing. So good to have that in place uh, beforehand. Uh, with that, you can send off some bloods um, to all your baseline things like FBCs, uh, user knees. You might want to consider an extended sort of uh, electrolyte profile in this case, looking at magnesium and phosphate and things like that. If you know, nutritionally, they, they can be quite deplete. Um, looking at the liver function test, including GGT. Uh, sending off a B12 folate, again, going back to nutrition, um, uh, sending off a clotting to check for synthetic liver function, uh, you know, getting a glucose and thinking about maybe CK as well, if, if they've been found on the ground, you know, long lie, unconscious, uh, then, you know, you might want to think about CK to rule out sort of rhabdo. Um, other things you might want to do is get an ECG. Uh, I mentioned uh, electrolyte imbalance earlier, so that does predispose them to arrhythmia. So getting an ECG on on uh, someone like that, uh, and if you know if you're worried about aspiration, if you can think about a chest X-ray, uh, and if they have been seizing, or you know if they're cognitively, you know if you if you're worried about them, then obviously consider a CT head as well, as they might have had you know head injury potentially from for long lie seizures. Uh, so just, just to check for any signs of head injury as well, which, which probably I should have mentioned uh, during the examination, but you know, um, could consider a CT head at, at, at this point. Yeah, I think that's good. I think I would just double down on the electrolytes. These people do get particularly really, you know, people that are drinking really high levels and then going to a draw get profound electrolyte deficiency. Um, usually of the hypophosphatemia can be a real, real challenge as can hypokalemia. Um, and a lot of the time it will need IV replacement. And if it is really low and they've got things like prolonged QT on their, um, QT into on their ACG, then they need cardiac monitoring at the same time. Um, the other thing I say is just with alcohol abuse, if they've, if they've got abdominal pain, you need to think about, um, pancreatitis. So do it send a lipase on the bloods if they've got pain. Um, if they haven't got pain, it's not going to tell you much, even if it's a little bit elevated, you're not going to do much, but um, if they've got pain, certainly. Um, and yeah, and CT has these, these patients are at risk of subdurals. Chronic alcohol use leads to um, essentially, you know, wasting of, of the brain and, uh, and they are at risk of developing subdurals, particularly with minor trauma. Um, so certainly it's something it's really, you know, key to have in the back of your in your mind um so you've done a thorough assessment and investigation how are you going to manage these people so i think uh very practically um there are scoring systems which can really help you know your management uh, of these type of patients so uh the the scoring systems can sometimes be sort of trust dependent so just see which one your trust users so maybe something like for example, GMOS or CWA, uh, these are these are common ones. Um, but I think broadly they sort of do the same thing. So um, the, probably the mainstay of, of management is is to use a long-acting benzodiazepine, so something like chlorodiazepoxide, um, and this is usually like a weaning course of it, um, depending on how they're scoring um, on on their uh, 
on their GMOS or their CIWA. Um, you want to think from uh, replacing any electrolytes, as Mike mentioned, so very important, usually require IV replacement uh, to prevent any sort of electrolyte disturbance complications, but also thinking nutritionally, um, you know, how you're going to manage that. So using IV Pabrinex, uh, which is vitamin B or, or oral thiamine, depending on, you know, what, what the withdrawal is like, and important to continue them on these scoring systems. Uh, asking the nurses to 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 check regularly um, to monitor for symptoms because that affects how much uh, medication they get for like benzodiazepines, and just to you know continue monitoring for for complications. Uh, really, um, it might be in the scenario that you know they then develop seizures, um, at which point you would then you know want to go down you know managing the seizure route so making sure they've got good airway uh, making sure they've got oxygen if they're hypoxic getting to all the relevant things like ecgs and you know if it's heading towards status and thinking about short-acting um uh, benzodiazepines um is there anything here that you want to add you might no i think that i think that you've covered it nicely I, th I think the only thing i'd add is that you need to refer them to the inpatient alcohol team um and they and and provide as much support as possible for them to stop it um, because you know if you're if you're at a point where you're dependent it's going to massively affect this patient's life uh, and trying to address that longer term is the key you know there are you can have outpatient follow-up with that you can't have a weaning regime usually as an outpatient from a benzo point of view so they'll be in there whilst they're on the benzodiazepines um but as that's weaned and they improve then they can go and they can hopefully engage with community services and change their um damaging behavior as much as possible provided they're there if there are psychiatric undertones to things so severe depression anxiety uh something like that then that's think it's worth getting input from a psychiatry team as well um and uh and then longer term there are some drugs that you can use for um aversion therapy so you can use things like a camprosate or disulfiram although those are usually started by drug and alcohol teams and they're usually done um under kind of specialist monitoring um rather than uh, whilst there is an inpatient um and that's kind of you know that's the, that's the kind of summary for it um and but otherwise no i think that's i think that's uh i think that's very good run through of alcohol withdrawal and how to management and i and i completely agree i think the, the scenario that it will usually come up with uh in an imt situation is is that a patient comes in with alcohol withdrawal you manage them initially and then they go on to have a seizure um and then so it's you know, it's, an, it's a logical next step and it shows you it te tests for your breadth of knowledge and skill um and and absolutely so it's 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 a, it's it's a common way that they they present it actually brilliant thanks a lot mike all right